Hola, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including BoJack Horseman, which we'll be getting into today. Uh, I'm your host, Alex Bonilla, and today I'll be joined by Sam Quattro. Hello. And Michelle Andrew. Hey. Uh, you can find out more about this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com, and you can subscribe either to our general podcast feed or our BoJack Horseman-centric feed on iTunes or on your preferred podcatcher. Uh, there you'll be able to find discussion on previous episodes of BoJack's fourth season. But uh, as for today, we will be discussing the sixth episode of season four titled Stupid Piece of Shit. Uh, we, will, we will not be discussing anything concerning episodes following this one. And uh, in advance, uh, we are probably going to use a lot of profani- profanity based on the dialogue in this episode and the title itself. So uh, just prepare your ear holes for that one. But <laughs> so... Uh, this one, I believe, I believe is one of the more emotional episodes we've encountered thus far. So we, we might have a lot to talk about. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. But first, uh, let me just get your um, general impressions on the, on the episode as a whole, like how it compares to the, to the, uh, the rest of the season we've seen so far and, uh, how it just, uh, feels as a Bojack episode in general. Um, let, let's start with Sam. How, how do you feel just in general about this episode? Um, I think this episode is probably one of the better ones since episode two, and that is, you know, mostly to do with the uh, internal monologue and the uh, making fiends type scribble animation that accompanies it with Bojack. Um, in terms of like, the actual like plot, it's pretty, you know, standard sort of Bojack, you know, shenanigans, drinking, agent, manager, whatever stuff. So it it was good for like you know the uh, what do you call it like the craftsman like you know experimental stuff that I tried to do and like I think it did successfully but other than that like it was you know, average. Okay, okay, uh, Michelle, uh, how, are are you similarly lukewarm or a, a bit higher on it? I I actually really liked this episode. Um and like Sam said, like the the internal like dialogue stuff and like the animation change I thought was really, really fun and effective. Just like hearing Bojack, just like him him like beating himself up all the time and like it's being so hard to like make a decision that wasn't like awful and like going to get drunk again and thinking about why like well like does he get drunk a lot so he doesn't have this internal monologue? Is like that the reason? And just like all that stuff was really, really good. And even just like I'm I'm happy to see them like touching on Todd's like asexuality more. Um, because I think that's pretty great. And not a lot of shows really talk about ace stuff. And even just like um Diane talking about like marriage. Like I thought there were a lot of really good standout moments and just like seeing Bojack interact with his mom more is like really interesting and really kind of heavy. So this was a really good episode for that too. Yeah, I, I I thank you both for your opinions because like for me, it, it like touched a very personal chord just because like it like from the just the choice of song is already one that w- I associate very much with my depressive stages in the past and it, like the inner monologue is just stuff that like I probably said verbatim at times. So like mm-hmm. well, the first time I the first time I watched it, I, I almost was gonna say like best episode of the show, but just because it touched me that much. Uh, on rewatch, I, I think I, I lean with Sam that it may, it, the old Sugarman place, the second episode, I think is, is about on par with this episode, if not better. 
and uh, I think some parts of, the, of this episode do drag, so that keeps it from be, being like w- one of the best episodes of the show. But it definitely does touch on very deep themes. Uh, it, it's an interesting look into Bojack's psyche. Like we, we've already implied a lot of these things in the past, but just like hearing it play out in his mind, like it. it it has a different impact than just inferring it based on his behavior. Yeah. So, yeah, all in all, it's just, it, it's a very, uh, like, uh, t- tough episode to watch uh, on an emotional level, but just a, as, like, a general BoJack Horseman episode, it's very good, e- e- even great, but maybe not necessarily the, the best if we compare it to previous episodes like Downer Ending or That's Too Much Man or things along those lines but there's definitely a, a lot to dig into here <clears throat> but um let, but i guess um we can just get right right into the the storyline I, I think the the bojack hollyhock beatrice storyline is like the big headliner here and it just throws you right into it because like the first lines that you hear is just bojack calling himself a piece of shit over <laughs> and over again like yeah. that's how he, that's how he wakes up and uh, it, that that is basically a uh, uh, self-loathing that a lot of people fe- feel, and then you go right into like his lack of self-control being a, a product of that. Yes, like it's it, it seems funny. Like right, he has cookies in front of him. Oh, this is not breakfast. Please. Stop eating cookies. <laughs> stop, stop! Eat don't it. you eat that cookie yeah. and eating it? Then, Why did you do that? Hashtag I can't believe you ate that cookie. Yeah, it's yeah. so relatable. Literally yeah. ate brownies for breakfast this morning. <laughs> But yeah, like like the juxtaposition, right? Of like it's portrayed as something funny, but at the same time, that whole lack of self control is why he gets in, himself into a lot of the issues that end up haunting him th- throughout the show. It's because of self control that appears in little things like that, but also ends up showing itself in greater things like his addictions, and that's also shown over the course of the episode. But it begins on that lighter note, so I, I did like that e- easing you into it. Um, then we 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 get a shot of of Hollyhock asking uh, milk for the baby. Uh, it, <laughs> the, the the baby is a new introduction to this episode. Then um, uh, Holly uh, Hollyhock is uh, asking for the car, and uh, Bojack goes through his inner monologue of like, "Well, if I if I leave her alone with Hollyhock, what will happen?" And uh, so then, in the middle of of doubting uh, Hollyhock, he calls himself a piece of garbage once again. He also thinks about how his mom will will poison his daughter. So again, just like another thing here, all, another sign of depression that it uh, hits you right right with is just like thinking, well, what will happen if I do this? Well, and you go straight to the worst case scenario, and that keeps you from doing a lot of things. Or just in this small case, he's like hesitant to even respond or to even mm-hmm. make a decision as small as that because you just uh, you get stuck in that circle of what will happen. Um, but, uh, and, uh, of course, eventually he just goes out and, uh, gets drunk <laughs> instead of do- actually doing anything. But, uh, ha- how do you, um, I- yeah, I'm sorry if I'm talking too much here, but just, like, the the intro in general, it, like, throws a lot at you at once. I feel like it, it was a more jam-packed intro than normal. Did you, did you guys feel that? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I guess. I, I guess it, it just um like introduces this new, well, not new, but like you know, new to us sort of like mentality and new um sort of voice. And I, I don't think it really like dragged or really like I don't know, wasn't 
uh, quote unquote pleasant to watch. I thought like it was good. It was a good setup to the episode and like what the core of the episode is about. Right. I I, uh, I think that yeah, it's it's like going very fast paced and it definitely like throws you right into the framing device of of, of the show like this inner monologue. And it, it repeats itself right after the intro. He, he wakes up again to just thinking stupid piece of shit. Like, just like hammering home that this is basically his life <laughs> in a nutshell. And, uh, um, they, they put, they have time for the joke of, uh, him trying to push his mom away and she keeps coming back. Mice, <laughs> like, house on a slant. Yeah, that was like pretty funny and sad at the same time. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. And then just pushing her to the wall, and she <laughs> she doesn't really care. It's just like, wait, this should be painted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but then yeah, I'll, uh, then we go right back back into it. Uh, Hollyhock is inviting Bojack to stay and eat breakfast with them. Bojack's like, no, no, thank, thanks for the invitation, but no. And he just goes and parks on the shoulder of a highway, uh, and uh, even thinks to himself, what what are you doing here? Go go home. Uh, you're a terrible person. But once again, we see that his his way to cope is uh, isolation, and that, that's like just a textbook example of what what you end up doing when you're in that situation of self-loathing. Mm. Um, yeah, but a n- nice touch to end that little scene with the the guy driving by, asshole, and he's <laughs> the, like, he gets it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, you take it as confirmation, I guess. But <laughs> but uh, um, eventually he does uh, and go go back, uh, and he finds out that. The ba- uh they're still dealing with the baby. Um, Hollyhock is tr- is trying to get Beatrice to feel that she's doing the right thing, <laughs> but Bojack uh, is against this. You shouldn't indulge her delusions. It- it's an interesting take as well, like hidden in all this, and just how to treat people with with these mental illnesses. Like how much you should be really uh deal dealing with uh, their their view of the world versus imposing re- reality onto them. I don't feel like that's why Bojack was, like, doing what he was doing, though. Because he was, like, clearly very, very uncomfortable with how nice she was being to the doll. And, like, how mad it was making him that, like, he felt like she never was that way to him. So, like, how dare she be so kind to, like, an inanimate object when she was never that way with him growing up. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's treated more directly, like, later, later in the episode when... He starts uh, thinking about like, wait, well, why wasn't she like this to me when, mm-hmm. when I was little, right? But uh, uh, and Sam, how do you feel about this whole like le- letting uh, Beatrice uh, t- think this baby is real and treating it like a real thing? I mean, it obviously comforts her. So. Yeah, it's, like there's it no harm like, in it. Yeah, there's no mm-hmm. harm in it. But of course, you know, Bojack doesn't really see it that way. He yeah, thinks, he takes it personally. Yeah, he takes it personally, which. I mean, personally, I would probably be that way, too, a little bit. Yeah. Because, you know, like, kids who are, like, abused and neglected and stuff, like, you know, if you see your parent, you know, act, you know, some type of way towards, like, another, you know, child figure, if inanimate or not, you know, it's like, you know, why wasn't it like that for me? Like, why couldn't you love me that much, like Michelle was saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, in a way, like, Bojack's reaction to this is like while it's exaggerated i think it does like hit a really real place of like you know jealousy and resentment and anger and hurt and pain and like yeah yeah i don't i wouldn't agree with that i think bojack is completely justified in feeling jealous even if he's like am i really jealous of a doll it's like yeah but like 
that makes sense given what we know of your relationship with your mom. Like, you know, you uh-huh. wanted her to love you and she didn't. She loves this doll and it's not fair. Like, it would hurt to see that. Yeah, and he's still like an asshole for fucking throwing it out the out, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Out the balcony. But like, still, like the emotions behind it are like really real, and like people feel that all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this was like a very high moment of the episode, just seeing how it, it ends up getting to the point where he's like pretending to give back the baby, and then he's juggling it, and then just with like the most like very malicious intent, just throwing it off the balcony. You, you see Beatrice screaming at the window, like uh, in pain, really. And it, like, even though you know it, it's it's fake, but like you can understand the emotions she's going through and just how how assholeish Bojack is, and the fact that he realizes it immediately, uh, like right after he does it. Uh. I mean, f- first he says, "What a nice throw," but like a- after uh, seeing that and everybody walking away, he's just a piece of shit asshole. But like, it, it's. Uh, it, just his Im- impulsiveness, it, like really, really shines there. And uh, also, it's interesting in the middle of that when uh, um, Beatrice screams, "Like you're unfit to be a parent!" Like his internal monologue is just, "She's right." But um, like that's an interesting thing too, just the, the seeing how how the cycle continues, right? Uh, even though he knows that she was a bad parent to, in the past, but he hasn't exactly developed any qualities that would suggest she, that he would be any different if if he had his own child. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I also kind of wonder, maybe this is going out on a limb a little bit, but like, because his mom did criticize him a lot when he was growing up and always like said what he was doing was wrong and he wasn't like good enough. Do you think like a lot of like his like bad internal monologue of like beating himself up just like comes from like stuff his mom said? Like more than anything? Well, Sam, how, how do you feel about that? I mean, you know, stuff like that, I guess, like, can contribute to, you know, internal monologue. But it's, like, stuff his mom said, stuff his dad said. I mean, not, like, specific stuff they said, but just, like, how they treated him and how worthless they made him feel. And, you know, that can definitely, that's definitely, like, the root of pretty much everything wrong with Bodrak. But I think also, you know, there's been stuff more throughout, like, the course of his life that have happened that like sort of set in stone like how like like quote-unquote like proof of how like how much of a piece of shit he is right yeah like how he how he reacted with her when he got fired or like the whole thing with sarah lynn and just you know stuff like that just sort of reinforces you know everything that my parents said about me was right you know i am worthless and a piece of shit and i'm never gonna be happy or be good or anything mm-hmm. and, yeah. and then it ends up being like a loop right be- because you think that you uh, you're this uh, this asshole who pushes everybody away, but then you end up acting like that, and you end up just like repeating what people have said se- have said about you, and it just uh, ends up you end up stuck in in a rut. Yeah, and, the, and that demonstrates itself later when he goes to drink at the bar, and that this is pretty much the dialogue he has in himself. You're making your daughter hate you, but but that's good because look at Charlotte and Herb and Sarah Lynn. It's because you made them love you that you ended up hurting them. So like that—that's that's his thought, uh, his thought process as it's developed over the course of the show, is the fact that because he act, acts this way, is why these things happen to him. But then he ends up feeling sorry for himself, feeling that he's not worth that love, and that just makes it all the more difficult to end up developing a relationship in the future because you've internalized that that form of thought. 
But yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I think Bojack's one of his biggest struggles is the fact that he he wants like people to like him and love him so much, but he also doesn't think he's like a good enough person to deserve that in any way, shape, or form. So whenever anyone like gets close to that, his only like line of defense is to push them away or to be really awful. Mm-hmm. Now it, it's interesting here because right after he gets drunk, he decides, "Oh, Di- Diane, I, I can talk to her." Right? <laughs> yeah. So he ends up dr- he ends up going to Mr. Peanut Butter's house. Uh, they have they have an interesting dialogue. But Bojack is even though he's drunk, he's he seems to have enough uh, light to know that he doesn't want Diane to see him like this, like that drunk. And that 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 detail stood out to me, if only because like it, it shows that even though. In his internal monologue, he like doesn't want people to love him, but at the same time, he knows that he still has an impact on other people, and he is when when he has his moments of clarity, he does make some effort to avoid situations where he might end up messing things up. It's, it doesn't always work, but at least in this small situation, it ends it ends up being for the better. But um. And yeah, P- uh, Mr. Peanut Butter lets out a, a, a like, "Why don't I make like Eddie money and take you home tonight?" And uh, Bojack has a drunk conversation. No, no, I'm Eddie money. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so ra- random '80s music reference. But... I hate Eddie money. I hate his ones. So- I-, I think it's his song, <laughs> "The Two Tickets to Paradise." I hate well, that yeah. song so much because it's like you know, <laughs> oh, the paradise. It's his dick. God. Oh. It's not. It's not really. Like, <laughs> wow. Like, it's like less like straightforward than that, but it's obviously you know what we're gonna fuck tonight. So anyway, back to the show. And I, I believe taking me home tonight also has to do with this, right? Yeah, exactly. So Eddie Money just wrote like <laughs> meta- flimsy metaphorical sex songs. Man, it was the eighties. <laughs> Everybody was writing music about sex. <laughs> I mean, people but, uh, are still writing music about sex. People are just more straightforward about it these days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Back then they hit it in stuff like Sledgehammer and When Doves Cry. But um, <laughs> but a- anyways, uh, so uh, Mr. Peanut Butter joins Bojack in this quest to find the baby. Um, uh, I do enjoy that Mr. Peanut. They use the dog joke again here. He's literally sniffing out the the baby. Um, he he makes jokes about Beatrice smelling like uh like sage and or, or wood and things things like that. It's like nah. Oh yeah, it's like that's that's the smell humor. It's like okay, that must be like a total dog thing to joke about that. Yeah, and uh, also like uh, while they're looking, um, Bojack is just thinking to himself, without a care in the world, how, how does he do it? And uh, like uh, that's also a thing we've seen in the past with Bojack towards Mister Peanut Butter. That part of his resentment towards him has always been like, why does why is he always happy? Like as it was expressed more in the game show yeah. episode, right? That um, but yeah, so. But while he's thinking that, they end up finding a, at a Felicity Huffman's house. So we got a. Our, this is the celebrity cameo of the of the episode. Uh, we get the revelation that she's the one who lives below Bojack, and that she's the one who gets all the stuff he throws over the balcony. <laughs> Great. Yeah. I would I, love I, to be her. I feel like in the past, like they've they've thrown like matches and started fires. Yeah, so, they have. Like, I, I was just yeah. watching. That episode the other day. It's like a season two. <laughs> yeah. So like, has her house burned down? So and many treasures right there. Uh, so yeah, but in any case, she is rightfully annoyed at Bojack for uh, receiving his regurgitated cotton candy and things of that nature. 
So uh, he, he shuts the door on him. Uh, You're a real piece of shit. You know that? And Bojack's just like, yes. Oh. <laughs> of course I know. <laughs> but um, uh, then they uh, end up getting uh, another knock in and she responds again. And Mr. Peanut Butter serves as a mediator. Uh, they manage to get the doll back in exchange for Bojack doing a, an arc on FHBA, which is uh, also a show referenced in the Todd plotline. Uh, they, they never say what FHBA stands for, right? You no, <laughs> they don't. You will find out though, oh, listeners. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. But uh, um, yeah. So Mojack has to return to television. Um, speaking of that, uh, we haven't had an Ethan around thing yet, so uh, um, interesting. But yeah, where that? What happened to that? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, he, he's just gonna do another television show. I'll never. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, fuck Ethan around. Ballot. I hope that guy just, like, <laughs> fuck, fuck stack off the Olympia or whatever. Wherever fucking Washington he is. God. Whoa. <laughs> Ethan. Shots fired at Olympia. Shots fired. Yeah. <laughs> but, I'm uh, sure Olympia is very nice. I've actually never been there. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but the, they celebrate, in quotation marks, by going back to the Valley Bar that Bojack always goes to. And even Mr. Peanut Butter's confused, like, why are we here? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and Bojack, while he's with Mr. Peanut Butter, is thinking to himself, like, what if I kill myself by throwing myself off the balcony? Uh, Mr. Peanut Butter knows you're terrible. Uh, even him, as stupid as he is. Like, but, like while he's next to, to Mr. Peanut Butter, but that, that's just, like, another thing that, like, at least to me, was very relatable, just the fact that even if you have someone supportive next to you, but if you're stuck in that thing, you can't really process positivity coming into yeah. you when, when, when you're at your worst like that. But, uh, uh, and also it's, uh, it's an interesting exchange they have here of, um, Bojack saying, uh, concerning Hollyhock, like, I can feel her getting attached and I just know I'm going to Bojack things up. Uh, Peanut Butter tries to be supportive, but he's like saying, oh, you mean be the life of the party? <laughs> but, uh, um, then, this time, don't do the thing that makes her hate you. Uh, Bojack responds like, "I don't deserve that kind of love." And Mr. Peanut Butter responds, "What I've seen, everybody deserves to be loved." And I don't know. It was it was a bit of a heartwarming thing, especially like Bojack. He doesn't really respond to that line immediately. He just kind of kind of mulls it over. And I, I think it's a message that, while while it's simple, but at times you, you need to hear something like that because you you refuse any uh, positive energy when you're in that situation and you think that well why why are they going to spend it on me it's not like i'm going to do anything with it but uh, people like mr peanut butter they they rec even um in the last episodes of season three when he was talking with todd right mr peanut butter was like he's in a dark place like he recognizes bojack's uh, struggles and it seems that even though he is kind of kind of dumb at times but he he knows enough to know how to talk to bojack and this um lower situation it seems um i, I don't know if, it, if you guys feel anything about how mr peanut butter handled the situation or if it, it's in character with what what he's usually like with around him i think it's in character i mean and i i do agree like it is like maybe a simple message but like it is really important and i honestly like as as many things as bojack has done to dig himself into this hole um, I mean, yeah, he does still deserve love. I think <laughs> that's something he's going to have to figure out how to be okay with himself. 
Um, and he's got a lot of unresolved things to kind of deal with before I think he's going to get to a place where like he really believes that he can be and that he deserves that. But like, yeah, no, I think that's pretty in line for Mr. Peanut Butter. Like Mr. Peanut Butter has like a pretty good heart. Like he's not like soup. He's not like the sharpest crayon, you know, but like he does. Have, he his heart's in the right place and he is trying to be really supportive. I, th- I think he like gets that. Bojack's like really not in a good place, even if like he's not hella perceptive about it. Yeah, so I I think he's doing the best with with what he can, and uh, it com- it comes from a from a good place. But who knows if that ends up having an effect on Bojack? Because then we move on to this uh, final scene, which to, to me hit the hardest because uh, just like his inner monologue going into super overdrive as he gives back the the baby and sees Holly Hawk out uh, outside and he's just like considering like well do I talk to her well what, what do I do here he, he's like drink first no you're, you're ruining her you know that right and uh, then there's the imagery of Holly Hawk drowning which is a, a thing we see very often in this show like Bojack's been in underwater several times in this show and just like him like seeing that that might happen to Hollyhock if he if he treats her the wrong way, and then uh, just this uh, like at least to me the, the impressive uh, ending is like your poison is in her already. That's not true. Yeah, it is. You stupid piece of shit. You destroy people. That's why your mother never loved you. That's why Sarah Lynn died. That's why Charlotte will never forgive you. What are you going to do with a Hollyhock? What are you going to do, asshole? Shut up. But like it, that 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 is basically how how you think in those in those situations like it just it comes flooding at you and you, sometimes you just don't have the energy to to stop it and it, you you bring up all the mistakes and errors that you that you've made in the past and uh, you you you're just in a place where you don't know what to do even something as simple here like Bojack just getting up from his chair and talking to Hollyhock but he's afraid what effect that will have just based on whatever comes out of his mouth but um yeah so at least to me like that that part affected me the most like uh, I've, I've watched that scene like three three or four times and i get goosebumps every time i watch it but maybe that's just because uh, i have a personal connection to it I, I don't know you guys just how do you feel about this well also at the end uh, he talks to hollyhock right and the uh, hollyhock asks so, like I, I i sometimes have the voice that everybody hates you you're ugly the, the, that voice does it ever it goes away right and the, the, like the way it, the episode ends like the music gets louder the music that's been playing throughout all the monologue and bojack just responds yeah but like at least to him he feels that he's lying because he knows that it's, it hasn't gone away for him yet but um how do you guys feel just about this entire ending scene in general or like how, how it like do you feel like it's a it's a wrap-up has he improved has he gotten worse or where where is Bojack in this situation? Um, uh, Sam, uh, how how do you feel? I mean, I have to agree with like Bojack's perspective here. Like it doesn't go away. <laughs> at, at least like you know it doesn't go away on its own. Like you kind of kind of work at like self esteem and that kind of shit. But um, I don't know. I think that was like. Also, Bojack broke his promise. He said he wasn't going to lie to yeah, Hollyhock again. And he that's did. True. That's so, true. you know, what a super piece of shit, right? <laughs> um, no, but I, I think, you know, there's, like, a lot of truth in that. And, like, a lot of truth in, you know, people who are, you know, struggling themselves and, like, struggling with, you know, feeling like, you know, pieces of shit for, 
you know, maybe like not like the first times in their lives, but you know, they're like younger than you. And it's like, you know, they want hope that things are going to get better. And, you know, sometimes I guess, you know, it's, I don't know, like not hopeful, but like more beneficial for like the person, the older person in the situation, like give advice that it is going to get better. But when in reality, they kind of know that it isn't, that it isn't, um, I don't know. It was just, it was real and I felt it. And feeling worthless and ugly and stupid is not just a teenage girl emotion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and also, I guess the situation here as well is, like, you realize that not every... Like, for some people, it may be just that. Like, it, it may be just hormones, but you you can't, like... Uh, you can't just assume that it's going to go go away because you don't know the person. Like in this case, Bojack with Hollyhock, uh, how long has she has he known her? Like a couple a couple of days or a couple of weeks. So like you you can't really say for her that it is going to go away because you know for some people it's that way, some people it isn't. And the like I guess also he wants to avoid the wanting to explain that. Uh, so he just really like cuts her, cuts it off with yeah. Sure, it goes away, whatever. But like, uh, because he he's not really in a situation to to talk about uh, about that self reflection with with Hollyhock at that moment, I guess. Yeah, I mean, after he just had like that crazy internal like thought, like breakdown, like he definitely isn't in a good place to be like, well, like it can get better if you like learn better coping mechanisms and know it's a pro. Like he's not there yet himself. So there's no way he can really give her advice on it yet. But I really liked this ending scene because, like, I don't know. I really like Hollyhock. And, like, I like that it, like, it, I think it helps when she's asking, like, like when you disappear, like, where do you go? And, like, he is really upfront and honest about that stuff, at least. Like, he's like, yeah, I just kind of, like, pull over. Sometimes I go drink. Like, sometimes I just don't go anywhere. Um, and I don't know. I think, like. Having her ask him, like, reminds him that she, like, she, it does, like, what he does, like, even if he's, like, trying to, like, not be around her so that he'll screw something up, like, even his absence is having, like, kind of an effect on her, and it, like, bothers her, and she doesn't really know what's going on, because he, he doesn't say a lot, it's all kind of in his head, so she really, like, doesn't have a lot of an idea of, like, who he is yet, so, I don't know, I just, I liked that aspect of it, too. Yeah, definitely. Like the fact that he admits he 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 isolates himself really, but also he has to explain like if I'm shitty, it's just because I'm shitty. Yeah, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. But, and th that is an issue that like people like at least in in my family, like uh, I like when when I was in that situation, I, I could tell that my uh, my parents were like were worried that they were doing something wrong. Like, well, why why wasn't I getting better? And at some point they did express, uh, they expressed that, right? Like, uh, what, what, what did we do? Uh, but it's because people just, because you don't talk or you don't express, uh, some pe you just end, end up leaving the people around you confused. Uh, and that, that is something that you have, that people have to keep in mind, even, even in that, that situation. Like, in your attempt to not hurt people, <laughs> you might accidentally <laughs> end up hurting people. Yeah. So, but it, it's just all around it. It, it treats like this this side of the episode. It, it treated so many topics uh, around just how how the, the the depressed and the self loathing think. That it is just it, it was a really uh, astounding part of it. 
but um yeah and also b before we move on i just want to give a shout out to the to the music that's used <laughs> throughout like uh, um uh, blood in the cut by k play in case anybody wants to look that up and it, it plays it, it for uh, the actual lyrics in the in the credits but yeah just uh all in all a very strong part of the of the episode but um now i guess we'll, we'll move on to a bit of the the laughs part of the episode <laughs> which is the, the princess carolyn todd diane side of the, of the story i think this is this part is is what keeps the episode from being like a, a like the best episode just because i think this part has a bit more spots to drag i don't think we'll go into it like beat by beat but uh just um were, were you guys entertained all the way through or, or do you think uh, what what spot could you identify as like the low part and the high part um michelle we'll go to you there um, well, when Carolyn and Rutabaga Rabidowitz were, like, planning the wedding, it was, like, okay, but it wasn't, like, super exciting. And, like, I don't know, maybe the fact that we were kept jumping from, like, Todd to Diane to, like, Princess Carolyn, like, we weren't consistently focusing on one person the whole B-plot. And so that way, like, it was hard to find, like, a very, like, because, like, Todd's was nice. Like, he's like, oh, like, asexuals can get married. Like, oh, you can still be romantic or you can be aromantic. Yeah, I don't think I want to do the wedding anymore. Like, that's great. But, like, it doesn't give you, like, a lot to work with. And, like, Princess Carolyn, like, at the very end of the episode, we find she's pregnant, which is, like, a huge thing. But, like, it's just, like, that one moment and then it's gone. So... Yeah, I guess, like, maybe part of the issue of what makes this drag is that they keep jumping from character to character, but I don't know. I thought Diana's monologue about weddings was interesting, but again, like, I feel like we didn't get enough of any one of these characters to really fill out that B-plot in a very, like, nice, like, conclusive sort of way to, like, accomplish a certain feeling. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think I don't know if this is an issue with the with just this season or with the show in general, but I feel like, as you mentioned, big moments for the non Bojack characters have been going way too fast. Because, yeah. like for example, the 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 asexuality thing, right? Because in the first episode, that was touched for like thirty seconds in the diner, and then that was it. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was you, it. They didn't even yeah. say it by name; it was just implied. Yeah, you made up for it with the with the whole Todd centric episode, and you had a decent climax there. But then here again, like it's touched for that one scene, and then that's about it mostly. And same thing with Princess Carolyn, because you had the miscarriage thing in episode one. And that was treated for like what a, a minute at the end of the episode. Yeah, and it, it didn't have the time to land. So, but I, I don't know if that if that's just this season or it has has that been the case in the show before that it just doesn't let these moments breathe. Um, Sa Sam, do you feel that these things are going too fast? Or I definitely just... think so. That that's like yeah. my big complaint about the season. It's like the pacing just feels super off, and it feels like it's going way too fast. Um, in terms of like the show general, I don't think it's really had this much of a problem i think the thing is at least for me it's the year year and a half time jump you know we may be focused on it in episode one and two and you know barely at that and you know that's it now bojack's back in la and he has like his daughter shit to deal with and, and his mom shit shortly after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, his mom yeah. shit. And now, like, we got, like, the governor shit and, like, Todd shit and Pinterest <laughs> Carolyn shit. Oh, man, that's just, such a good point. Just a lot of shit <laughs> so to do much. with. And, like, you know, so I feel much. like, you know, we could have just, you know, taken a breath there. And I definitely feel like they kind of felt like they maybe wrote themselves into a corner at the end of last season. Or maybe it was just, like, you know, the 
promotional material lying or something. It just feels like it's going way too fast. And I definitely agree, at least in this season, that, you know, these, like, what are supposed to be, like, you know, big moments, like, you know, a miscarriage or, like, you know, Todd deciding that he doesn't want to get married or just, like, stuff like that. That doesn't have room to, like, really exist. It's just like, oh, bam, 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 you know, go, go, go. Yeah, and I think an issue also is, like, it feels the need to, like, touch on every single main character every episode. Because, like, for example, Diane here, well, while the speech is fine and all, but I don't think that, that I think that the episode would have functioned well enough without, like, that little cutaway there. Oh, for sure. That was not necessary. It was interesting, but it was not necessary at all. Maybe it was just, like, you know, they wrote these, like, little monologue nuggets and they were like, oh, we gotta use it somewhere. (laughs) Gotta use the nuggets. Where can we (laughs) shove those in? Right. But yeah, I just think that like every episode, like now, now they feel the need to touch on every character. But because of that, you leave yourself with less time to sufficiently treat their their plot lines. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it moves very fast this side of the episode. But um, yeah, also, we, we touched on Rutabaga Rabidowitz. We haven't seen him for a while. How, how do we feel about his return for at least one episode? <laughs> like him being now more a bit more of a family man, but still like the Go get go get her agent with lots of uh, quick lines. You uh, know what? And- he betrayed Princess Carolyn in what season two or whatever. I'm over yeah. him. Yeah. He's yeah, done. I'm, o- I'm over him too. I didn't mind him in this episode. I just don't think we see him again for the rest of the season. But like, yeah, I thought it was fine. I mean, he's still kind of an asshole. <laughs> 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 it's a good thing you're not a mother, Princess Carolyn. You'd be so bad at it. Like, what the yeah. fuck, man? Who says that? <laughs> <laughs> that 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 hurt. <laughs> um, and, and actually, it related to that. Also, we have a uh, Judah in this episode, and uh, at least for me, the ending stuck out a little bit because, like, a- after uh, Rutabaga says that and he walks out, and Judah is like immediately, "Do you want to get rid of him?" Yeah, and I, I, don't, I have and, ways. Like, <laughs> what kind of ways? Well, I could just tell him to his face not to come back. <laughs> yeah, and like he mentions that he doesn't like people like that who only care about themselves, and then he talks about Princess Carolyn. No, I, I don't think you like that. Yeah, that was pretty and nice. For for what it's worth, you'll be a wonderful mother. And the, I I like that little ending just because like I feel that's the most character we've gotten out of Judah so far in this yeah. show. Like usually he, he's mostly used for deadpan, but like here at least he, he's mentioning a little more about his likes and dislikes. But do we have any theories for reasons why he, like, is it just because he, uh, Rutabaga is an asshole, or do you feel there's something behind the whole wanting to get rid of him quickly? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe he just likes Princess Caroline. Maybe he's just like, oh, you're my friend. That guy's a dick, you know? He yeah. shouldn't be, like, talking to you like that. Yeah, it could have yeah. just been an impulse thing. Yeah, so extension of the relationship they have. Which, which I like the fact that at least they're giving Judah a bit more emotion, <laughs> so so that's nice. And then yeah, we have the positive pregnancy test at the end. So I guess uh, we'll go more into the whole baby plotline that they've been sl- slowly dripping throughout these past couple of episodes. Um, and yeah, um, there there's a lot of uh, good lines in the in this whole thing. Um, for example, let's hear, um, for those who uh, who were following the NFL who has just started, Rutabaga is like, is someone looking for Sebastian Janikowski? Because here's the kicker. Uh, I think that was a really niche joke. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, when, when they're talking about Meryl Streep playing everybody in a movie, uh, Judah's like, are you suggesting a Nutty Professor 2 The Clumps situation? <laughs> I like vaguely got that reference, but not... 
Like, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like Eddie Murphy has done several of these movies where he, he has, plays he has. a bunch of characters. Yeah, there's at least two of them. There might be more. Yeah, I feel like Norbit is also like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, uh, Aruda Bega mentions all the greats have done it. Peter Sellers, Sir Alec Guinness, Flow from the Progressive Ads. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, I'm not are, are those progressive ads still playing? The ones where she plays yes. everybody? I don't know. I, I know she's still in the ads, probably. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. But like, I feel like the, the ads where she played everybody, I feel like that was two years ago. So this, that felt like a little old joke. But <laughs> um, So yeah, we, we have that. And um, yeah, we have a Todd changing Diane's metaphor to that of a Tootsie Pop with nothing in the middle. <laughs> it kind of works, even though like... Um, Ruben Woods is like that. You still up for the Tootsie Roll? Like that? That's that's pretty good. Or a lollipop? And it's like, yeah, but it wouldn't have worked. Okay. Or yeah. in my opinion, it depends on what kind of Tootsie Pop you have. Because if you have like a brown Tootsie Pop, then it's like, okay, cool. I like that Tootsie in the middle. But like, if you have like a red one or like an orange one, it's like, uh, maybe not. <laughs> that actually sounds better to me than the chocolate one. I'm not a fan of those. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think the fruit ones are like way better, or, like the mm-hmm. vanilla ones. Um, <laughs> maybe just give me some just tootsie rolls by themselves. I'll be good. Yeah, no surprises. Just straightforward. Yeah, yeah this candy has too much variety for the analogy to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you really dig into. What it. if they made like a bubblegum one? Then I don't like bubblegum. They do. They have bubblegum uh, uh, lollipops, and they suck because the yeah, gum is not good gum. It's like shitty gum, and that's why it's in a lollipop and not like normal gum on a shelf. Yeah, I remember having the bubblegum Tootsie Pop. Yeah, you can't really blow bubbles with that. It doesn't work. It's not very good. Nah. It, it, it like, gets stuck in your teeth instead yeah. of chewing properly. So, yeah, it, it's With textures good. all around. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and um, I guess finally just the whole uh, um, usage of Rotsi, uh, Diane's friend. Uh, she's just there to, like, talk, I guess, but in the end they don't actually end up talking. Yeah, what was the I, point of that? Like, I understand, like, so are we, are we commenting on Diane actually being a shitty friend? Because that doesn't go anywhere, and we haven't seen her being a shitty friend, like, much before. So, like, no, what was I, the point? <laughs> well, actually, my, my thing is that we've seen this joke done before, because I feel like we've had Diane Rotsi conversations in the diner that go nowhere, too. Where, yeah, like, we did. Example, yeah, like, Rotsi is like, why are you staying with Bojack? And then Diane just totally ignores her, like, complaining about the water or something like that. So they've done this same exact joke before. <laughs> I see. I haven't seen the last season since it came out, so it's hard for me uh, to remember this side character even existed before. But I don't know remember what episode it was. But yeah. it was like, you know, Diane yeah. was complaining that there was a drought and they shouldn't serve water in the diner instead of answering Roxy's questions, and it was just like, yeah. Oh, that case, yeah, yeah. Why did they do the exact same joke then? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and it was like bringing Roxy in just for that. I mean, I, I don't know, like. The speech with Todd is fine, but, like, the whole Rotsy framing thing, like, it just doesn't make sense. And I, I feel bad, because I feel like you could dig something in there, like, Diane having forgotten about Rotsy and Rotsy, like, still making an effort to, uh, like, uh, y- there's something there, but they just don't really feel like going beyond Diane's sh- a shitty friend. Yeah, but, um, Maybe Sam's right, though. Maybe, like, the writers just, like, love the wedding monologue as a nugget, and they just want to use that nugget. But, like, well, after she helps him, how do we end that? How do we close out that scene? It can't be that uplifting. It has to be funny. And they're like, oh, well, I guess that we can make a joke about how she's a bad friend to the other person. Okay, let's do that. Well, maybe yeah. they, like, couldn't figure out any other character to give it to besides Diane because she's yeah. having marriage problems. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it definitely... that. Part definitely does feel like foreshadowing because you've had the whole like uh, tension between Mr. Peanut Butter and Diane, 
and she's talking about how marriages are based on a lie, based on truth, the, <laughs> and that the, yeah. the, the belief in it is more important than the thing itself, unless you don't believe in it anymore. So, like, just hinting at Diane, like, like starting to forget why she fell in love with Mr. Peanut Butter in the first place, sort of thing. Just don't get married. So, yeah. So just <laughs> no, say like, fuck it, you know. Divorce costs money, cohabitate. and just don't get married. Yeah, just yeah, cohabitate. I, forget about the tax breaks. <laughs> Yeah, fuck yeah, taxes. Well, I, Those are like for <laughs> government swine who want to suck your soul. So just fucking you married. Hashtag government swine should be the official hashtag of this podcast. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll we'll end on that note. Yeah, ha- hashtag cohabitation. Um, but um, so yeah, well, uh, we'll be. I guess uh, all in all, just uh, this is a really good episode. But do we think it's the best of the season? Uh, no, I, I no. Uh, you, Michelle. Well, I know Sam's watched all the episodes, and if she says no, that makes me feel well, like there I, might I, be I, better things coming. I'm I'm just saying so far, so far. So far, yeah. No, I think episode two is still my favorite. Exactly, episode overall. two is the yeah. best so far. Yeah. yeah. I'd agree too. Like putting my my personal biases aside for this episode, I, I think the old Sugarman House just because it, it's more focused. Yeah, it, that you, that you're. I think you're right. Yeah, the B plot is kind of what drags us down because it is kind of unfocused. Like it's focused in like marriage, I guess, like broadly, but in characters, not so much. Yeah, yeah, it just it jumps around too much. But if this episode was just the A plot, I I, w- I would consider it much higher. But um yeah so and on that note we'll we'll wrap up here um we'll next uh, next time around we'll be discussing the next episodes of BoJack Horseman um the seventh episode is titled Underground and we Ooh. also have the eighth ju- uh, eighth one coming up the Judge Ooh. so more more simpler titles <laughs> Samson uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Underground is ominous Sam mm-hmm. oh, dun, dun, dun. okay. Uh, so yeah, you can uh, find out all the info about this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can support us via Patreon at Patreon.com slash OverlyAnimated. We want to give thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Venetian, a.k.a. Fusion. And uh, we want to give thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Andy, and yours truly. You can stay tuned for our continuing coverage of BoJack's fourth season. We will also have podcasts coming out soon on the latest episode of Rick and Morty, the Rick Lance's Mitsup. Uh, or they might have already come out by the time this one comes out. But <laughs> So, yeah. yeah. Uh, all in all, any final thoughts before we leave here? I need a Meryl Streep garden. <laughs> Apparently like, they're like really good, yeah. Some, some topiaries with her head on it. Just I gotta get yeah, into... Some creative decorating ideas right there. Yeah, get into I, that. I don't know if it was you or Andy who predicted that was, was Meryl me. Streep in the. Tra- it was you, right? So okay, so points That's to right. you for predicting yeah. that in the trailer. <laughs> Thanks. I, I I know her face. Mer- Meryl Streep. Uh, I think the moral of the story: Meryl Streep is a national treasure. Yes, I think she's kind of overrated, to be honest. I think even like she uh, is probably like you know what? Calm down, guys. <laughs> I'm not like Mer- the queen or whatever. I'm just you know an actress. Meryl Streep in the '90s, good. Meryl Streep in the two thousand in the two thousands, overrated. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. So on on that uh, on those Meryl Streep observations, <laughs> we will bid you adieu. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. Adios. Bye. Bye.